Hi, and welcome to another episode of Trans Talks with me, Bramwin Munn. Today, I'm talking with a really good friend of mine, RJ. They gave me some great insight into the subtleties of gender identities beyond the binary. We also talked a bit about how we might reclaim the art we love that's been made by someone who turned out to be problematic. No prizes for guessing who specifically. Um, And related to that, we talked about the challenges of storytelling with trans characters and how the smallest things can give us big gender euphoria. Without further ado, here's RJ. Hi, RJ. Thank you so much for joining me on my little podcast. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Um, Yeah, thank you so much for taking part. I've been actively trying to get all sorts of different gender identities on the podcast, and I believe that you have... Uh, one that's unique to my guests so far, so that's really awesome. Um, could you just tell me a little bit about yourself, like who you are, what you like doing, maybe roughly where you live, anything like that? Uh, yeah, I live in the north of Scotland. I've got two kids um, and I like just doing lots of different crafting and writing and reading, really. And I believe we have birding in common as well oh yes yes don't forget the birds and not that i get much time to go and do birding yes yeah but where you are is an absolutely amazing place to be for that so i'm a little bit jealous so it is i just found um someone showed me an osprey nest and the chicks <gasps> popping their heads out the other day which was nice wow that's amazing no okay right now i've gone off the scale on the jealousy so <laughs> That um, I understand that your ide- gender identity is is unlike any of the other people that I've um, interviewed, which I'm really interested to hear about. So, could you tell me about how you identify, how you got there, um, and what it means for you? Yeah. Um, so, I identify as agender, and my pronouns are they them. Um, I didn't really ever think about it for a long time. Um, mm. And I was I was chatting to a friend asking how he had come to realise that, that he was trans and he said he kind of just asked himself if he was a woman and the answer was no. And I thought, I've never really asked myself that. And mm. I've kind of done the, are you a man? And I was like, well, no, I'm not. And then when I did ask myself, are you a woman? It was like, no, um, which was really strange, but uh, it took me a while to kind of, find out kind of what fitted me the best um but I didn't feel like non-binary worked so well for me though I will kind of use it sometimes um because I just don't feel like I I have a gender so (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) that's that's how do you think it's a fair assumption to say that there are more non-binary people than a gender yeah I think so um because I kind of see I know you've got your kind of your binary woman man and then everything else is somewhere else, but non-binary kind of covers such a huge spectrum, whereas agender is one part of that spectrum. Oh, yeah, I see. So it's like really a specific thing. I mean, I was going to ask you, like, what is the difference? Because I'm quite ignorant about these things. Um, and that's why I'm doing this podcast. But um, yeah, is there like a an easily explainable difference between the two? Um, well, I guess from what I understand, which might not be what everyone understands, is being non-binary is usually being a gender that's outside of the 
binary man and woman, whereas yeah. agender is not being any gender. I get it. Um, You're so, good so at explaining these things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you're saying about the spectrum of non-binary is huge. Um, I've only interviewed one non-binary person for this podcast, but I know quite a few others, and they are all really different from each other. And some have elements of like masculine and feminine traits or like stereotypical masculine and feminine traits in their presentation and, and in their kind of personality um, sometimes, but not always. And it's like, yeah, there is a whole, it does feel like it's got a different um, association with gender, which I can see and from what I know about you is not necessarily the case. Um, did you try being non-binary for a while before you got to a gender? I think so. Um, <laughs> I can't really remember, but I, th I think so. Um, and it it works because it isn't binary, but non-binary is still a gender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of a paradox. A gender is a gender that isn't a gender. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a it's a non-gender identity. <laughs> We're inventing a new a new category for it. Um, mm. How long ago did you figure this out? Um, well, I remember speaking to my partner at the time about it um, when we were coming home from Silverstone to see a Formula One. Mm. And my youngest was a few months old then. So he's four now. So about four years ago. Four years ago. Wow. Time has flown. Wow, it has. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and and I, I know with... Like I was saying about different um, types of non-binary people, some of them uh, like take action on transitioning, if you like. I mean, I've I've talked to the trans women that I've interviewed quite a lot about transitioning because it's a big part for trans men and women because obviously we've got a you know a big change in our like presentation, and some non-binary people seem to do some sort of transition and some of them take medication for that um like hormone uh, medication although from the little i know it feels like they take less hormones than trans men and women do like lower doses but is there any element of transition for you as an agenda person or um well i would like top surgery because yeah. I'm, I'm very female presenting i am genders female all the time, my voice, my general appearance. Um, I've got quite a lot upstairs, so um, <laughs> it, it's just like very obvious. I can't really bind because it just makes me look a bit weird. So I did try that for a bit, but it just it didn't really work. Mm. So that's all I really want in an ideal world. I think I would like to not have any estrogen, but I don't really want testosterone, but... I also know that you can't have neither or else you, your bones fall apart pretty yeah. much. So, um, <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm not really planning to do any hormones, no, but no. I know that may change in the future, but. Yeah. But maybe top surgery just. That's, I really do want top surgery and I have wanted a reduction for 20 years. Um, wow. Okay. And then I kind of think, that's probably not enough for me. So I do, I do want top surgery. Yeah. 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 So there's an element of like physical, um, body dysphoria, like in that yeah. aspect of yourself. It's, yeah. I don't get it 
a lot all the time, but sometimes mm. I do. Yeah. And it's very uncomfortable. Um, it's really interesting. Again, because there's, you know, there is this sort of wide, wide spectrum within the non-binary community. And I'm imagining agender has a similar thing to some of those people, because like some non-binary people have that kind of body dysphoria um, about whatever they were assigned at birth. It, it's like wherever they're moving around to or out from, um, there's going to be an element of that sometimes. But I can I imagine that would be possibly more likely even with agender, um, because it's like detaching completely from the whole gender thing i'm not sure really it takes um takes a lot of brain power to think of it because well i logically know your gender is separate from your assigned sex at birth yeah um i understand that but also they are like your body is entwined with gender as well um yeah yeah. I would quite like to be just like a an orb of light or something. That would be quite cool. <laughs> or some yeah. kind of like little fae living in the forest. Um, that sounds good. That it does, good. but it's it's not really um, feasible. No. <laughs> Although uh, <laughs> you have got lots of spectacular forests nearby, should it ever become a thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think people are very different. There's a lot of people who will not want to do anything different with their body and their being a gender is just how they feel and other people yeah. really do want to change a lot of things. I would I would really like to be androgynous. Like it's a if somebody could look at me and talk to me and kind of go, Is that is that a boy or a girl? Um I'd I'd really love that, but that yeah. doesn't ever happen yet. Yet. Yeah. Apart from if people just see my name and don't know that's quite nice i mean there, there's like places you can get that euphoria and, and even if it's a small thing like that it's kind of nice you know well at my at my work um i have two jobs and in one of them people are really use my correct pronouns a lot and when i'm copied into emails and i see it it gives me so much kind of euphoria yeah. but in my other job i am never gendered correctly it's pretty much an all-female staff um, so we always get ladies and stuff, and then yeah. somebody or other will say, "Oh, sorry, um, but <laughs> yeah, ladies and RJ." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, and they kind of say, "What? What should I say?" And I'm just like, "Folks is fine," or just and other, or plus mm -hmm. one. I think somebody yeah. said ladies plus one, and I quite like that. That was fun. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it's like if it's something, and somebody's thought of the fact that they need something. That's all good, you know. It almost yeah. doesn't matter what it is then, as long as, you know, they've thought about it. And That's like, the thing. It's yeah. um, I do understand because I am a very, like, presenting as a, a she, mm. and that's what people will assume. Yeah, yeah. You know, you wouldn't look at me and think, oh, I'm not sure what to call him. Yeah. But when people try, I, I, I don't mind. I get misgendered all the time, and I don't like it, but... I don't mind if people kind of try to try. Yeah, yeah. It's like if it's not a malicious misgendering, yeah. then, yeah. There was another person who I interviewed who identifies as post-binary, which I still really love that identity. It's like an aspirational identity. That sounds amazing. Uh, yeah, it's like, this is where we're all heading. And they said, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, well, they were kind of saying it was like a, an, a gender identity to move towards, mm -hmm. which I really loved. And yeah, I mean, obviously the world has gone. An enormous amount of work to do, um, but it does sound like pretty utopian. But they said the same thing of like, well, they get misgendered a lot, and 
it's it's kind of fine, you know, as long as it's not a specifically sort of targeted, you know, intolerant kind of misgendering, yeah. which there's definitely different levels to it. Yeah, I definitely yeah. understand with, um, especially with they, them pronouns and neo pronouns, people aren't used to it. People are used to yeah. everybody being she or he, and yeah. it just comes out and yeah, I'm probably guilty of it myself a lot. It, I mean, it's like we've been in this world of of, of like, more and more they them identifying people for a very short amount of time compared to like how old most of us are you know yeah. um i mean obviously younger people are probably going to find this easier as time goes on because they're just growing into it and you know eight 17 18 year olds now they're increasingly now and and a lot of young people are you know coming out as different genders mm-hmm. um and so they're going to have an easier time as they grow up but my 8 year old she um she would say she a lot um mm. when i first came out and understandably she was only yeah. four or five but now she she says they she sometimes says mommy's not she she's a they which is quite funny because it's That's... she tries and it's a bit <laughs> yeah. but she, she does just do it kind of without thinking so much now which is really nice that she that is awesome uh, says they. yeah yeah that's really cool she's great I think she's she is. She's awesome. <laughs> Do you like have a, any agenda friends, like or agenda community, like online or in real life? No, um, I think I've been part of Facebook groups for kind of aspec and non-binary genders, but I don't really interact much. Um, yeah, yeah. I've got quite a lot of trans friends, but not. Not but they're so not much. friends, not because they're trans necessarily, they're just friends yeah, who are trans. Yeah, friends or... who are trans. And I don't have any kind of in real life um, yeah. as such. I mean, they are real friends, but we, we talk over the internet or yeah. message and things, yeah. Yeah, as is often the way these days. Mm-hmm. Um, did your, like, discovery of your sexuality and, like, coming to terms with that, did that inform your gender or can you talk at all about how your sexuality and your gender like works sure um so i'm asexual and i discovered this probably around six years ago um and i know i'd always been the same but i'd never come across the term before so when i looked into it i was like oh my god that's me um (laughs) i didn't understand that people would see other people naked and find that something that turns them on um it seems a bit weird to me um i just i just can't comprehend it um yeah. likewise a lot of people who aren't asexual um can't comprehend that not happening yeah totally. um yeah. so while they're both completely separate things for me um yeah, yeah. I do quite like being just a everything. Um. Yeah, yeah, it's quite tidy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is, um, yeah, absolutely. That they are different, and more often than not, there is no correlation necessarily. Um, like before, I was trans. I think I thought I was bi, but that's because I didn't know about any other genders than the binary, because that was back in you know the dark ages. Um, and it's only since becoming trans and meeting loads of, you know, gender diverse people and figuring out that I've realized, oh my God, yeah, there's this sexuality that encompasses that, which is pansexual. And that's so cool. So in, in, 
that sense mine you know there there are little it's not like they affect each other directly but by learning about one helped me to like mm-hmm. discover about the other i don't know if that makes yeah, sense it does absolutely um so i thought i was by growing up because i felt the same way about girls as i did about boys yeah which was no thank you nothing really <laughs> um you know I, i've had kind of like a romantic attraction well, i was married for 10 years um you know i've had relationships aesthetic attraction I find people nice to look at but there's just no sexual attraction there um which I didn't realize was a thing as I said so when I was younger I assumed I was bi because I'd be kind of aesthetically attracted to yeah lots of different people um yeah I think it did help me understand my gender a bit in that I'd done a lot of reading around sexuality and gender yeah I think that's the thing is it like it does unlock a world once you realize there's something different about you in one of those things then there is a lot of like shared writing I mean obviously like the LGBTQ plus community encompasses sexualities and genders within it so you instantly start meeting people or chatting to people online or whatever and yeah it just gets you thinking and and like you said earlier on, you asked yourself the question, am I a man? And then you asked yourself the question, am I a woman? Not not everybody asks themselves those questions. And a lot of people just go through life assuming things about themselves and just ignoring things, if they're small things that they can easily ignore. Um, but sometimes, like with us people in, in the kind of spectrum of LGBTQ+, at some point of our lives, that, that thing has got either we've hit some resonance somewhere like either we've met somebody that identifies in a particular way and we think oh my gosh or and it might not even be the same but it's just it's something that triggers you to to look at your own identity or your own sexuality and figure it out it's funny because they are while they're completely separate things they are completely linked as well because your sexuality is about your gender and the genders you're attracted to and Mm because it's about your gender then it's yeah related to yeah. your gender but also <laughs> your gender doesn't if you're a cis woman or um a trans man and you're attracted to men i mean one would probably be gay one would be straight so yeah. they're both attracted to the same group but have different genders yeah yeah, and I think the, the the thing is that people, the reason we often are often stressing that the two are different is because people yeah. either think they're the same, which is completely wrong, um, or they think that one must affect the other. So like all trans people must be gay or, you know, all um, non-binary people must be bisexual or something like some ridiculous thing. It's, the point is, is that you know, no gender identity has to f- conform to any type of sexuality. There's, Absolutely. That's that's the sort of like underlying thing, but that's harder to explain. So it's easy to just say, they're not the same. It's fine. <laughs> you know, there's plenty of like, trans men who are gay, plenty who are pan, plenty who are straight. It's... Yeah. It's wonderful. It's, yeah. Diversity. We love it. Um, <laughs> right. Okay. This is a bit of like off the cuff topic. Um, which I've given you no pre-warning about. Uh, we met via a an amazing Harry Potter Facebook group um, about eight years ago. I don't know, oh my goodness! Seven, a long time ago. 
six, six-ish, maybe. It was a long, long time. Anyway, um, and hey, we were both Ravenclaw uh, prefects. And yes. uh, we were wifey and wifey, yes. uh, which was very exciting in our online, you know, environment. And um, obviously, for anyone who follows the news about trans issues at all, will immediately think, wait, what? They were in a Hogwarts group on Facebook? What's going on? Um, there's a whole thing about, like, there's obviously a whole thing about JK, which, you know, what more can be said? Um, but there is something to be said about, uh, like, artists who who we discover who are not aligned with us, like the things that we love. And, and for both of us, we both had an extreme passion, I would say, um, mm-hmm. for the Potterverse. We were both very, like obsessive about it in a, in a healthy way healthily obsessed with Harry if Potter. you say so yeah okay I'm just gonna say that we were um <laughs> and obviously that changed when um things began to like appear about JK I mean we had warnings of it and then a couple of years ago it all became very clear and it was impossible to deny it anymore and I found it really hard obviously I'm sure we all did um those of us who kind of are in the trans community or care about people who are in the trans community and um I tried to do the whole separating thing um and continue to like have Harry Potter in my life, but just to detach from JK. And I just found I couldn't do that after about a year of struggling. I've I've still got Harry Potter stuff in my house. Um, you know what I was like, you know, and I've just like had t-shirts and bedding and like ornaments and loads of books and DVDs and everything else. And I'm gradually like either selling it or giving it away. I mean, even that I'm finding hard um, because it's like, it's still a thing in the world. Um, how how have you like managed with that or are there are there any other instances of like artists that you've come across where you've discovered that they're like anti-trans or bigots in some other way or that you just can't well i haven't come across any others personally um but i've i found it difficult um i spent an awful lot of my time as you know with um kind of in fandom and going to the harry potter studios and things but I've I've seen arguments from people saying, yes, separate the art from the artist. You can still enjoy everything and it doesn't make it bad. I've seen yeah. other people saying, if you engage at all with any of it, then you must hate trans people. Um, <laughs> Which is my ridiculous. own opinion is, um, you know, do what feels right to you. And people can separate it and that's fine. And as long as they're not kind of, you know, trying to make other people do it. I'm fine with yeah. that. I also don't agree with being quite aggressive towards others who still enjoy it. Um, yeah, that's really, really. And something I've seen a lot on Facebook, people saying, oh, you're transphobic because you like Harry Potter stuff. And I never hear any trans voices on there, though. They're always saying, it, you know, people aren't saying... Well, some people are, but, um, you know, saying, well, what about trans people who like it? I never see that. It's all just people saying, if you like it, then you are against trans people. But nobody ever talks about trans people who do like it. Yeah, which, of course, there are still many because, you know, different people deal with it in different ways. You know, yeah. So, so personally, I engage in fandom 
I I don't buy anything. Um, I'm purely fan fiction. Yeah. Um, okay. And I, along with two others, we run the HP Transfest on Tumblr um, every year. So we have people submitting prompts. And the idea is that people either do art or write fanfic. Or some, we had somebody doing a podfic um, last year, and it has to have central character who is trans and it can't be like a transphobic thing. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, can't yeah. be transphobia in it because it's a reality of the world. Um, a lot of people like to write somebody kind of overcoming or having to deal with these things as a way to kind of deal with their own um, experiences. Um, this is amazing, by the way. <laughs> I think we've done three years of it now. 20, 21, 20, three or four years of it. Um, so we have had a lot of anonymous messages on tumblr telling us how awful we are um can imagine which i think you know if you don't want to engage in it don't that's fine a lot of people find an awful lot of catharsis from you know kind of taking back that that thing that they've loved through their life and making it trans is a big finger up to this is i mean this is what you're describing is the first time i've heard of something that I can actually like contemplate as being a way of, like you say, it's almost kind of like really taking ownership of what aspects of it that you loved, you know, what it meant to you, but absolutely taking ownership by making it trans in some way. That's amazing. That is awesome. <laughs> so it's really good, good work. It's very positive. We get a lot of works in. Um, a lot of people submit their works and it's also just pumping out, um, you know, like Harry Potter fan fiction that is trans-positive. So people who are kind of not in the community of trans people or know anybody really, they can still be exposed to it um, yeah. if they're already engaging, which is yeah. which is good. And like I said, um, I understand why people might not want to, but mm. they shouldn't really be so awful to the people who do want to yeah totally it's kind of like That's, just yeah it's um, a tough one i mean there are like we, obviously we we're going to talk about jk because she was somebody who was really important to both of us and were both you know affected in a very negative way by her like behavior um but when you start looking at the history of stuff and music and film and there are a lot of creators who did bad stuff, who we, some of which we know about, <laughs> some of which we don't. And you kind of know that there was some awful stuff that happened. Um, and sometimes if it's not like something that deeply affects you, you know, or it's something that's a bit ambiguous because it was a long time ago or like how things have changed. But when it's in present day and it's like in a climate where, people are actively being attacked, you know, on a daily basis and blah, 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 um, then it is harder. So it's a very situational thing. But, Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I've heard people say, like, you can't still like the art because when you read it again, it's actually quite xenophobic and transphobic, which mm. it is in, in, in a few ways. Um, but yeah. when I think... I like 
the kind of fan fiction part of it because you can just make it what you want, but you've still yeah. got those characters that you liked. But yeah. you can change so much. I mean, I've read things where there's modern alternate universe or university and uh, all sorts of things. So it's 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 yeah. basically just using the characters and some like some of the world building without yeah. accepting the stuff that's not. Okay, and you can also call out the stuff that's not okay. Yeah, within the context of the fiction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you were all, I remember you were always a big fanfic lover anyway, before (laughs) all this happened. So it's just been (laughs) the perfect, the perfect solution. That's amazing. I'm so glad you told me about that, the the whole festival thing. So is it like an event that happens during a particular time or is it just always running? Yeah, so um, we usually open up kind of prompting in January or something and people have a a few weeks to kind of put prompts in and then we have a big list of prompts and people can sign up and choose a prompt and then they have a deadline for getting their works in and then we start posting them on March 31st Trans Day of Visibility Um, so that's when we start posting the works Um, I love it and so how can people find this um, so on Tumblr um, at HP Transfest, um, cool. I think we're only really on Tumblr and uh, Archive of Our Own, which is a fan fiction yeah. website where you're yeah. um, HP Transfest again. You can find the collections and there are loads of works in there. Amazing. It's really beautiful art as well. Yeah. Okay, guess where I'm going when we finish this interview. Uh, <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> That's such a bonus. I did not expect to find that at all, but hey, yay. Um, oh, just kind of slightly on tangent but about that my friend and I are writing a story and one of the characters is trans in it and we have been backwards and forwards trying to decide the character is a trans man and when we write flashbacks to the past do we use Mm. we we never use the the name given by the parents because during all the flashbacks they have a nickname and use they them but we couldn't work out whether if you're thinking back to a previous time, yeah, do you use the pronouns that they had or the ones that they use now? And um, we came to a conclusion that when that character themselves was thinking back to the past, they used their current name and pronouns. Okay. And when we were writing kind of in the past, we used their kind of their nickname and their they, them pronouns. Yeah. But we what we were struggling with is because one character had not seen the other one since they transitioned. So yeah. would his memories be of someone who uh, went yeah, yeah, by yeah. they, them, or who went by he? Um, so yeah, we had an awful lot of discussion over what's the best way to do that because you, it's it's very similar to in... Um, if people have watched the Umbrella Academy and there's a, a character mm. who's trans man, if you're referring to him in season one and season two, do you use he, him and Victor? Yeah. Or, oh, probably should have said spoiler there. Um, <laughs> or do you use she, her and Vanya? It's, and it, <laughs> it's hard because the character in season one and season two and people who haven't seen past season one or season two would use Vanya, Vanya because mm. that's the character's name, even though they're being played by 
Elliot Page, who is a man. Yeah. Um, the I think the actor's gender doesn't like really impact on what the character's gender is. No. But the character themselves is also a trans man, so it's it's very confusing. I've seen so much debate about it online and I haven't got I haven't come to a conclusion any in any way (laughs) the thing is I don't think that I mean it's probably a bit of a like hot topic and lots of people have a lot to say about it and Mm -hmm. opinions and everything but I think the reality is if you spoke to a lot of different trans people they would probably give you different answers um like when I think of myself as a kid I still think of my name Bramwin now you know even though I wasn't called that back then but I tend to think of myself as he, him back then because, I don't know, I, that was my experience at that time. But then mm-hmm. that's really weird because why am I not thinking of my old name? So I don't know. I'm sure everybody would have a different answer in some Absolutely. form. So, um, but yeah, the fact that you've kind of explored it in such an d- in-depth way in, <laughs> in terms of considering possibilities is, uh, yeah, is awesome. That sounds like a really interesting story. And very challenging to write, <laughs> writing a trans character with lots of flashbacks. That's like, oh my God, that's so difficult to do. But yeah, fair play. I'm not writing the trans character. I'm the one writing the, the other character who can't decide uh, how we yeah. refer to them. Um, but yeah, we are like, working together on it. So we had a lot of discussion. My writing partner um, has a sensitivity reader as well. We we have these in the HB Transfest as well, available people who are trans or non-binary to read over to oh, see awesome. if yeah if there's anything that's written wrong really yeah that's brilliant wowzers <laughs> this has been a whole different tangent that i was not expecting but i love it <laughs> um and in fact this was possibly going to tie in to my last question which I've been asking um like all of my guests this thing about trans joy, which, well, I haven't even asked, actually, you know, this podcast is called Trans Talks, but I'm aware that the people that I'm interviewing aren't all what stereotypically are considered trans. Um, so, of course, I've interviewed some trans women, um, but I've also interviewed an agender person now, thank you very much, and a non-binary person or slash genderqueer and a post-binary person. And do you feel like you're part of the trans community or do you feel like you're, I've, I've been including gender non-conforming in my sort of discussions yeah i think i think trans covers anybody who's not cisgender yeah that was my also i think a lot of people it's 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 an individual choice if someone yeah yeah. identifies as trans i kind of don't feel like i am because i feel like i'm not moving from one gender to another gender i feel like i'm just kind of closing the door on gender <laughs> um yeah, yeah so i don't know it's it, it's hard to explain it's it's i would say if somebody said do you have a, like a trans history or something i would probably say yes or is the gender you identify with the same as the one you were assigned at birth no it's not no. the same but i also don't have a lot of the daily struggles of people who are getting a lot of hate for 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 being trans um yeah and i i certainly can't claim to um have much of that experience so 
Yeah, I think um, depending on the situation, I would yeah. identify as trans or not. I think there's something to be said in the fact that, you know, there is this sort of like trans um, umbrella over various different identities. And and the word trans has almost stopped meaning what it originally meant in that sense. And I think in that sense, it's almost become like a solidarity thing of like, well, we're all non-conforming and okay, trans women are, are suffering like the brunt of, of a lot of it. But it does feel like we're all affected in some ways because now the arguments have spread onto pronouns and blah, 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 blah. And how, but like, there is some solidarity aspect to to this. Um, I mean, I really like the term gender non-conforming, but then again, non-gender non-conforming? No, <laughs> I'm thinking too hard now. I like genderqueer. Um, I really love that term. Genderqueer, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, so I'm going to use the word trans joy. And just for this moment, Absolutely. You know, this could be one of those times. So, so where do you find trans joy? What does trans joy mean to you? What gives you trans joy? What gives you a gender joy? <laughs> kind of make a new phrase. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I find that I get like a, a euphoria when people use my correct pronouns, really. Um, mm. I also love being able to kind of understand about other people's genders and you know just be accepting and open and feel really privileged to kind of be part of that community um because there's so many wonderful people there yeah so that, that gives me joy too you know me I'm not I'm not the most joyful person um a bit morose <laughs> most of the time but um yeah I think as far as as far as my own experience goes I don't have a lot of kind of positives or negatives but when I do get my correct pronouns used that makes me gives me a buzz it's, it's such a really simple happy. thing it's so easy for somebody to give you that buzz which is beautiful oh I'm gonna um, cry now I feel <laughs> yeah I felt, tears I felt of, something tears else of that, made, that gave me joy was when I started a new job uh, a couple of years ago nobody then knew anything about me didn't know my gender identity or anything about me and there was a trans man at the work who just recently came out and he wasn't in the office but all of the um the managers who were in my team and everything they were all not always getting the right pronouns but trying you know and um but it was really nice to see that when the person wasn't there they were still all trying That's and good. I noticed because I'm very aware of trans issues and everything yeah like kind of surrounding this this area um but they didn't know that um because you might think if you know if yeah, they knew somebody yeah. was really kind of like pro-trans and everything they'd, they'd make more effort but they know that and that made me really happy to... just genuine just genuine effort being made yeah yeah that's beautiful i love that and it's not often you get to experience that necessarily because almost always somebody knows about your gender identity or or whatever so they they may move into that slightly more effort zone but to be able to see like genuine effort or, i i had a really good experience and it's, it's probably gonna make me cry because i cry every time i think about it my parents are boomers um i wouldn't say they're tories but they probably kind of think along those lines of points yeah um yeah. and i remember 
one saying to my dad, um, are you are you not disappointed that you raised two socialists? My, si- my sister and I, 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 I don't really have like a political affiliation, but I think we're probably towards that. And, and he said, no, I'm proud that we raised you to think for yourselves, which was good. I didn't kind of come out to my parents in person or by text or something, but I did post on Facebook explaining my gender. And my sister sent me a screenshot of a text that my mum had sent to her and they used RJ and mm. they used they then. And I cried and cried and <sighs> cried because I did not expect that. I didn't expect like my my mum my still calls me by my kind of growing up name all the time, yeah. which I totally understand because she's been calling me it for 30 odd years. Mm-hmm. Um, but she corrects herself and my sister sent me another screenshot of um, my dad messaging her about um, somebody they know, a, a tenant of theirs, who goes by they, them and used they, them. And I I, I couldn't believe it. I really, mm. I was, I think I was shocked to my core that they were so accepting and trying so hard. Yeah. Um, it's great. Um that that made me happier than that's big joy everything i'm crying my eyes out here oh <laughs> but yeah happy 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 joy happy yeah. tears joyful tears i'm very lucky that my parents are like that i know a lot of parents aren't like that and yeah that breaks yeah. my heart i can't imagine not accepting my children for no something as simple as coming out as a different gender it's just it drives my mum crazy because I know a few um, friends who have, you know, had to leave their family pretty much behind, and she just can't fathom it. Like, no, it's just, it's just impossible to to like find any kind of rela- I would add relationship that with that. Another coming out thing was um, when I put that post on. No, I don't think it was when I put the post on Facebook because it had been discussed before but as you said earlier we were hashtag wifey and hashtag wifey for a long time and when I came out to you immediately changed to hashtag spousey and <laughs> that made me really happy I really that appreciated amazing. that so much um I love that hashtag although I think I did slip up once and I was broken about that for about oh, two days I don't think I noticed if I did. oh that's good that's good I don't remember it anyway so <laughs> But yeah, it that, was an that, absolute. That it was a, it was an autocorrect thing, but yes, that made that, a real difference. So. Yeah, that was beautiful. Well, it still is because we still sneak yes. a little hashtag in there every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> Once a spousey, always a spousey. I'm afraid. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, RJ, so much. Um, it's been really wonderful to talk to you, and I've just I'm so happy that we've had so many twists and turns that I wasn't expecting. <laughs> I love this is what I love about podcasts. Um, yeah. Thank you very much. Oh, you're very welcome and thank you for having me. I really enjoyed chatting to you. Oh, it's been amazing. I will talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye, wifey. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, spousey. <laughs> thank you so much, RJ. It was brilliant to catch up with you. Don't forget, if you want to find out more about HP Transfest, just search for it on Tumblr or Archive of Our Own and go and get involved. If you're enjoying the podcast, um, remember to give us a follow or subscribe to make sure you get notified when new episodes come out. 
Until then, I'll see you next time for another Trans Talks. Trans Talks.